Hey, this is Frank Hannon from Tesla. Stay tuned to Thunder Underground and keep it rock and roll alive. Welcome to episode 183 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we've got a good one. This, this is, uh, I'm pinching my 15-year-old self. That's right. Right? Right. Totally. That's because Frank Hannon of Tesla is our guest this week on this podcast. Exactly right. You know what that means? This podcast is getting better every day. That's right. It is getting better every day. I tried to think of a there's a, a deeper cut pun than that, but I thought that was just too obvious. There's a change in the weather, and it's Frank Hannon on our goddamn podcast. Okay. That's, that's what the fuck is up. That's better. I like you that. Know? And I, I don't... <laughs> here, you know... I, fuck. Okay. Here's the thing is, I, I don't... I don't want to fanboy out. I, I don't want to do that, but I'm just saying this is really cool. I'm glad we got him on. Yeah, we'll get into that here in a minute. Yeah, we'll, I mean, you know, yeah. We'll end up fanboying out here, right? I'm sure we will. <laughs> now, before we get into that, we've got a few other things we're going to talk about. We're going to play a song for you. Mm-hmm. We, what do we got? Well, we got to mention, obviously, up front here that our podcast is sponsored by DEB Concerts. Yes. Based here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. DEB Concerts brings in a ton of great shows to this area, and they've been doing it now for a couple years. Most of the shows happen at the Ideal Ballroom. Well, all of them have, except for, for one so far. Mm-hmm. Ideal Ballroom has an amazing venue as well. Yes, it is. Eddie Trunk hosts all these shows. Coming up, we've got, actually this weekend, this Saturday, we've got Faster Pussycat making their return. I think this is the first time here since Street, Street's Gone Wild a couple years ago. Don Jameson is opening that thing up, doing his comedy, and Dead Metal Society will be opening that up as well. Fuck yeah. So that means we've got two-thirds of that metal show together at this show. There you Don go. Don Jameson and Eddie Trunk. That, you do. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. So you know they'll probably, I'm sure Eddie yeah. will get on stage when Don yeah. Jameson's on stage and all that, yeah. so that'll be something for you fans of that metal show to That's look right. out for. That's right. You will be there. That's right. Hell Yeah. Then coming up in October, got a couple great ones in October. October 5th, Sebastian Bach, the voice of Skid Row. That's probably what it says on his posters. I think it, I think it does. I mean, he has obviously, which has I the mean, right he to say can that. use that. Yeah. I mean, he can, you know, <laughs> fuck it. All the classic Skid Row hits will be played. I'm sure he plays his solo stuff as well. He still sounds great live. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Monty Pittman will be opening this show. That's the thing. I can't wait for that shit. That'll be really cool to see. He's a great guitarist. He has a couple great solo albums. He has been in Prong and Ministry, mm-hmm. and he is Madonna's guitarist. What more do you need? Yeah, that's a pedigree right there. Fucking A. And I've actually seen him perform with Madonna. Yes, you have. And it was great. Yes. She even let him do some solos that weren't involved with her songs, so hey. The guy's getting to do his thing. That show also features One Bad Son. Then a week later... October 12th, Tom Kiefer returns to the Ideal Ballroom, the voice of Cinderella. That one features Sweat and Bullets and Evil Twin opening up. Nice. Then later in November, November 3rd, Kicks at the Ideal Ballroom with Sweat and Bullets and our good friends in Rocket Science opening that one. Hell yeah. And then finally we've got December 8th, L.A. Guns and Junkyard. Right there, Junkyard. Merry fucking Christmas to me. That's right. 
That's what, 15, 17 days before Christmas? Yep. Finally going to get to see John Carrad live and in Fuck, person. That's Christmas to me. That's right. Fuck a 25th. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Let's let's declare December 8th Christmas night. I, I'm down. Let's do it. That that will be my Christmas. All right. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, look for, if you're in anywhere within Tulsa, get out there to these shows because they're all great. It's a great venue. Thanks to DB Concerts for bringing these and for sponsoring this podcast. Definitely. All right. So what what do you want to get into first? Oh, we, man. Uh, you know, we fucking went over what we were going to do <laughs> just a minute ago. Now I can't remember any of it now that the fucking yeah. record button's on. Help me. Well, we'll mention <laughs> up front that this week we've already caught one of the Slayer final shows. Yes. And another one's coming up here in a couple of days. Yes. Actually, tomorrow. And yes. You know, the full Slayer package with Anthrax, Testament, and Napalm Death, and um, Lamb of God. But we're going to talk about that in a separate episode because that'll take a bit of time for us to go over. Definitely. But it is blistering. That's right. It is. Fantastic. Sure. And we, you know, we might go to the other one, so we're just going to do it all in one big episode and nerd out on all that. Right. But you did go to see 311 and The Offspring. Yes, I did. I so did. So how, how was that? That was great. Um, went to Oklahoma City to the Zoo Amp to see 311 and Offspring, the never-ending summer tour. Um, I saw Offspring with with you uh, a couple of years ago at Rock Loma or a year ago. I can't really remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was just last year. And, you know, I, you know, I'm vocal about I've never been a huge Offspring fan. I don't hate them or anything. I was just never really, they never really did a lot for me. But, you know, the, the two times I've seen them now, they put on a great show. They did a cover of Whole Lot of Rosie. Really? But, yeah, that was wow. cool. And I meant, yeah, I meant to ask you if they did that at Rock Loma. I couldn't no, remember. No, I don't remember that at all. Um, so, yeah, um, that was cool. I'm wearing and, uh, an ACDC shirt right now. Yeah, fucking yeah, A. Fucking A. Uh, so that was cool. <laughs> um, I really love 311. Um, you know, I know that that is not the usual fare for this podcast or our, it's rock know, our enough. audience, but to me, it's rock enough. Yeah. And, you know, I've always loved 311. They're my happy rock. Um, I, I, you know, I like a lot of reggae. And so there's a lot of that infused in all of their stuff. And, I mean, it was just, you know, to, to see guys that are almost 50 just putting so much energy into a show, um, you know, it, it was so cool. And, you know, they're really doing, it, it was so cool. It's just one of those shows where I knew the words to every single song, you know. I mean, they, they left no stone unturned, so. Did they I, set list, like, cover? Yes, it went. The, they, like, clear up to the newer stuff, too? They did new stuff. They oh. did stuff from the first album. Um, you know, they did Do You Right from the first album which is like fucking 93 or 94 or whatever. Yeah. And I, you know, I went nuts. That was awesome. Um, and their drum, the drum solo, Chad Sexton is an amazing drummer. All you metal drummers out there, YouTube, a Chad Sexton drum solo, and it will pound your fucking brains into oblivion. This guy's a virtuoso. That was, that was awesome. I mean, just a, just a great show. And, you know, you know, me and you went to see him, at Brady Theater years and years and years ago. That was like late 90s. Wasn't yeah, it? and you remember how they did the whole drum thing? They all came out and played right. drums. They did yeah. that. Oh, they still they do still that? do that. Huh. So, well, so, so this was the first time you've seen them since then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, because yeah, just cause every, I 
every for some reason every time they came through I just didn't go or I wasn't into it or I was broke or what the fuck ever you know and I you know this was gonna be passed up but you know that kind of fell in my lap thank you sir and so <laughs> so you know uh, it was just it was just a great show and I it was a feel good show um, so yeah I love three eleven and you know fight me bro I don't care I don't <laughs> care who thinks what so are there. I'm not really sure. Isn't it most original members in that band? All right? original All members. of them are? Okay. All original yeah. members. Cool. So after, what, 25 years or whatever? Yeah. I mean, that's it's fucking awesome. It's getting rarer these days that yes, that's the it, case. it really is. So that's cool. That's really cool. The other thing to point out is anyone out there that didn't know that as a joint thing for this tour, 311 recorded a cover uh, of that's right. I totally, yeah, Self-Esteem I by you. The Offspring, and The Offspring recorded a cover of Down. Yes. By 311. Basically, each is biggest hit. I guess you could say that's the offspring's biggest hit. Yeah. Um, and they both, of course, did it in their own style, which was really cool because, you know, Down has that mis- obvious sound to it. And then the offspring just kind of turned it into something totally different to where thing. you didn't even really, if you weren't paying attention, this song just came on the radio. You wouldn't know what it was until you were listening to the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. It, and then, you know, this kind of the same thing with yeah. 311's version of self-esteem. Yeah, it had kind of like you mentioned, it had that reggae influence to it, mm-hmm. and which is totally opposite of what the original was. Yeah, and, totally. So, yeah, check those out if you're fans of either band. Just something cool to check out. They're both on Spotify. But, yeah, other than that, at that same time, I went to Lollapalooza in Chicago. Yes, you did. I went because I was working, and it's something cool to... To go to, because I've always thought I'd love to see this Lollapalooza in Chicago. Yeah. You know, since that's just basically where it's based now. The mm-hmm. only other ones they do are like in South America. South America, yeah. I think they're doing one in Europe somewhere now. But hadn't been to a Lollapalooza since 96 when we went to that one that was Metallica and Ramones and Soundgarden and Rancid. Yeah. Screaming Trees. Yes, which is... How, you can't fuck with that lineup. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I You know, I feel honored that we were there. Yeah. I mean... Just think of that. The fucking Ramones. The Ramones, it was their final, yeah. the final year, right? Yeah. Because Joey Ramone died like late late that year, I think, or maybe and early we, the next year. And we, uh... The we, only thing they did after Lollapalooza is I know they opened some dates for Pearl Jam. Yeah. That fall. Okay. I think. They gotcha. might have done their own shows, but... But Lollapalooza in Chicago, it's decidedly not my my thing as far as lineups go. But it was but, an opportunity yeah. you had. To, I would have well, yeah. had fallen in my lap too. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to because I like working stuff like this involved with music, regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's been other Lollapaloozas recently where there was a few more bands on the bill that I liked, but this one, you know, I, the ones I got to check out, I saw Bruno Mars just because I wanted to see that because it's the kind of you always hear he's a great performer. He's obviously got a great voice, but it's not anything I'd ever pay to go see. Yeah. So the opportunity to go see it, you know, for free, basically. Yeah, definitely. Was good, and he was a great performer. Yeah. You know, Jack White was great as well. Kind of the same thing. I've always been interested in seeing, but I didn't really want to pay that much money to do it. Yeah. So this was a great opportunity. and that, Bingo. That, that was probably the highlight for me. Mm-hmm. And then Greta Van Fleet was another one I made sure to check out. And... I mean, they sound great live. I mean, it, 
If you like them, you're going to love them live. Yeah. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, I still haven't seen them live. I can't wait. I'm sure the opportunity will present itself. It's like... I'm glad you got to see them, though. I really enjoyed seeing them, but it didn't really change my mind on, like, how much... I'm just... I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, why are the Rival Sons not this big, you know? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or the Struts, but because they don't sound exactly like someone else, I guess. But I, I like their new <laughs> single, though. It, it's getting a little bit more away from that and just more into just general retro-y. Right. I think, but I mean, I don't know. Well, I think we mentioned this yeah, one, of the, we, one yeah. of the times where we went into this pretty deep, mm-hmm. that I'm... Look forward to see what, say, 10 years from now in 2028. Yeah. What these guys are putting out because yeah, exactly. that's kind of the test of obviously they're going to morph into something more because they're pretty young. They're yes. going to morph into something else, I would think. And I just hope that it's more obviously that voice isn't going to not sound like Robert Plant, but I would assume the music and everything will kind of have its own feel, you mm-hmm. know. So that's we'll kind of what I'm looking forward to to see where they go. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Lollapalooza as a whole, it's just a cool experience because it's one of the, what, five, I think five biggest festivals in America as far as attendance wise. There's over a hundred thousand people a day and imagine that in the middle of a city. Like it's literally in the middle of downtown Chicago, like right on in Grant Park and in a couple of streets between Grant Park and Michigan Avenue. Mm -hmm. And you're just surrounded by either the skyline of all the skyscrapers and then Lake Michigan on the other side. And it's an unbelievable setting for a show. Yeah. I mean, if you could get a show out there with 80 bands that were hard rock or something that I loved, or yeah. classic rock or even fucking, the, you know, country. Yeah. It's well, not douche country, you know, <laughs> that'd be an out. amazing setting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I get that for sure. But yeah, so I mean, I had a good time regardless of, Hey, that works. Only like in a few of the bands, you know. That works, and it'll open it'll open you up to more festival opportunities. Yeah, hopefully, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, is there anything else we want to talk about before? Well, we need to play a song. Yes, play a song. I got something to talk about. Okay, let's we'll, do it. We, oh, you want to do it now? Oh well, let's play the song. Yeah, part. let's play the song. Okay, we've got a song from Sandoval and Ariza. That's Jeff Sandoval and Mike Ariza. They have a project that they do together, and they actually put out an EP this past year called Project Playlist, and this is one of the tracks on that. It's called The Good Fight. Been waiting here for something. I've been pushed to the edge, but everything's alright. I will fight the good fight. Catch me now, I'm falling. Don't toss the
fight from jeff sandoval and mike ariza you can find them on facebook by just typing that in jeff sandoval and mike ariza they've got a page for their music they've got this project playlist ep that you can only buy as a physical copy so buy that from them that's the only way you can hear this song besides right here right now definitely and it's worth your money yeah i have it that's so, right hey they've got music online streaming in it as well but just not project playlist, yeah. I think. Just and, one track. And we've had these guys on the podcast, so right. go back and look that up. Yeah, it's episode 74 was there the most go. recent one with both of them, and then Mike Ariza was on here by himself way back before that. Like number 11 or some shit. Yeah, yeah. pretty early on. Yeah, it's good stuff. Glad to play this. Just perfect melodic rock is the best way to describe what these guys do. Yeah, it, it, it's got a positive vibe. It's catchy. I love this song. Yeah. But, it, you know, it, 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 it hits hard, too, at the same time. That's right. Sandoval's got one of those voices that the world, more of this world needs to hear. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just amazing to me. And Mike Ariza's guitar tone's perfect for this type of music. I just love it and can't wait to hear more music from him. I think I saw something a while back that they're working on stuff, so... We're looking forward to hearing that, and we'll hopefully get them back on here. That's right. That's right. And the reason we wanted to play that on this episode is they link in with Frank Hannon. In case you didn't know, they were a part of the Six String Soldiers album that Frank Hannon did. Yes. Jeff Sandoval sang the whole album. Mike Ariza played the whole album, and they went on tour with him and everything. And I was fortunate enough to catch one of those shows in Kansas, actually. And so that's definitely something you guys should check out. But before we keep talking about Frank Hannon, you got something you want to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went and saw Old Capital Underground. Oh, that's right. Um, finally. And for those of you that don't know, that's a documentary that uh, Brian Crane, uh, Dave Cantrell, and Terry Waska uh, have put together about the punk movement in the late 70s to the early 80s, or to the through the 80s, excuse me, to the early 90s. And just about, you know, all the goings on of, you know, in Tulsa, in Tulsa of that scene. And, you know, it was it was so well done and it was so informational and it was so vital. Um, You know, they left no stone unturned. Um, I I can't stress enough, you know, it just just oil capital underground. Look it up on Facebook. 
get involved. You know, the, the, they're going to have DVDs of it for sale. I'm sure they'll have more showings. Uh, we went to the Circle Cinema to see it. Um, it was really fucking cool. You know, so much that I thought I knew and I did know because, you, you know, you see guys from Pitbulls on Crack and, you know, Stacy Lane and, you know, Steve Ray and Dave Cantrell's in it. All of Chad Malone's stuff, you know, uh, Brother Inferior and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I knew about NOTA and, and, you know, I knew about Icon. David Souders was in it, but there's right. also stuff, Los Reactors and Ill Fated and, uh, the Legitimate Sons of Jackie O that were, that were cool stuff that I didn't know about. And they really went in depth with a lot of this stuff, Baby M. Um, so, I mean, it was just so fucking cool and it, it just makes you, you know, and, and they had a really cool thing about Tex Montana, which I thought was great. You know, um, you know, when I was in Zen Hipster, we were fortunate enough to play a show or two with Tex Montana. Uh, she's now passed on. Uh, those are always cool. They were a cool rockabilly band. So that was cool to see her in it. And it was just really, you know, it, it, it it's like I knew that the shit's important. Don't get me wrong, but it really just kind of like dotted the eye for me. This movie did. And, and the way it's done and it's, um, I just, if you're anybody that's in this scene now, that's playing out now, young guys, whatever, fucking see this movie. I cannot fucking stress to you enough. You have to see this and, and just get a taste of what came before you and, and some respect and some education and it'll do you good. Cause I mean, I, I learned a lot. Um, and, and you know, I, I can't wait to see it again and you fucking need to see it. Yeah. I mean, it's so fucking cool. I wish so, I'd been able to see it while I was running <clears throat> at the circle. Yeah. It just ran for a week. Yeah. But. Yeah. It, it's not running anymore. Yeah. And the night was fucking awesome. Um, the shame played at the, the beehive lounge afterwards. Um, that was really cool. So yeah, it was just a great night and it was a great movie. Yeah. Anybody well, listening uh, anywhere, if you're a fan of punk rock. Yes. Or even people, you know, I know you're the same as me. I'll watch a documentary on any kind of music, whether no I'm shit. a fan of it or not. I hate the fucking Eagles, but that's one of the yeah. coolest fucking documentaries ever. Yeah. So just if you're a music fan out there and you like documentaries. Oh, this is. Look this up. Th this is, this is a cut above. This is so good. Yeah. And. We had all three of them on here talking about we sure did. this documentary in depth Yes, earlier this year. and Or no, that was actually last year, late last year, right? I think so, yeah. So go back and find that one as well. So that's pretty informative stuff too. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just great to see, you know, Bunnies of Doom, Asylum, uh, just, you know, all that stuff. Uh, that you know, And we got to see those bands. I mean... It was just great. I really, really enjoyed it. It had a whole thing about K from the Eclipse. And I mean, just, yeah, I loved it. All right. Well, Frank Hannon. Let's get into this. What do we want to say about Frank Hannon? Well, put your fanboy hat on. <laughs> okay, not. Well, you know, Frank Hannon, guitarist of Tesla, he's had many solo albums and projects. We're fans of all of them. And not just because, oh, we love Tesla, so we'll just... This guy's fucking legit. He's had a great voice. He's a great songwriter. He's a great player. Um, and, you know, his solo stuff really needs to be um, emphasized here and concentrated on. Yes, we love Tesla, and that's what got us into this. 
and you know it's 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 hard to not fanboy out you know but that's where that's where our professionalism comes in Trent that's right well you mentioned up front about <laughs> your 15 year old self i mean yeah. if you had found me when i was 15 well actually 16 or so and said hey two episodes in a row you're going to have someone from tesla and corrosion conformity on that's yeah like, i know it's like that's like 1993 fuck? or 94 for me like yeah, my exactly. head would explode you know exactly and you know i i i I thought it was interesting when, you know, Frank in this interview went into, you know, oh, you know, I got solo albums. We're like, oh, sir, we know, we know I wanted to go all, you know, John Frank on him, you know, and just be a complete nerd. But I didn't, you know, because I kept my composure. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know. But hey, it's good he says that and stuff because there's a lot of people out there that don't know. Exactly. And that's what we're here for, you know. Um, The guitars from Mars, uh, the heavy metal hippie. what are the you know i mean this is all stuff that you guys need to check out yeah especially for tesla fans yeah his his most his two recent albums or covers albums before that he had an album called world peace which is a great rock album he's had gypsy highway which was more laid back acoustic based had some americana folk feel to it at times as well Mm -hmm. that's got some great stuff on it and He's got you know a few random singles in there between as well. Mm-hmm. Like you said, guitar from guitars from Mars. He mentioned that's going to be reissued, which is great news. And yeah, that be is going to be cool. That's going to be fucking great. So yeah, and the, another thing is, I think I brought up in the interview was that I'm this guy does a, his solo career the way people should do their solo career. Yeah, where it. It doesn't sound anything like Tesla. I mean, obviously it wouldn't because it's got a different voice, but his guitar is a huge part of the Tesla sound. Yes. But every album he does stands on its own as its own feel, you know? Yeah. Like we said, we got the acoustic kind of feel. You've got the covers feel with all different styles of music in this, like we mentioned earlier, Six String Soldiers album. You know, we had a lot of guests and even had a different voice on it and everything. And... Guitars from Mars where it's, you know, just guitar stuff going on. So, more people that do solo careers should do stuff like this where you're just branching out in every different way. Yeah. And, like you mentioned, his voice, it just gets better every time he puts out an album. It does. His his voice is really matured. Um, he, he's coming to his own as a singer, I think. Um, the latest is, you know, the, the latest covers is from one place to another, volume two. He does Lord of the Thighs, which is badass. Yes. And he does Kiss from a Rose from Seal. So, you know, there's diversity right there. Right. Um, Sweet Leaf with Jared James Nichols. I mean, fucking get back. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, uh, there's there's something to like on all this. So, you, you got to check it out. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and you know Tesla and you know all the stuff from the 80s to the mid-90s, you also need to check out their last few albums as well. Oh, because, fucking hands down. I mean, go yeah. back to Into the Now. Yeah. And the last couple albums, Forevermore and Simplicity. This this is all good stuff. These guys don't put out bad music. That's and right. Into the Now is as good as any of the, the first five albums. And, you know, the last two are great as well. I'm mm. not saying that they're not, but I just mean Into the Now, like, stood out to me. as just unbelievably overlooked by a lot of people. Yeah. And Simplicity, I thought, was great as well, and I'm really looking forward to this new album that they've got coming here in a few months. Definitely. Because I guess he said it'd be beginning of the year. Yeah. 
Can't wait. So do we need to just get into this now? I think so. Roll it. Let's do it. Frank Hannon of Tesla. From one place to another album, you've got three in one year. What was the the idea or the decision that made you want to put that much output out in a single year? You know, that's a great question, and I'm kind of asking that myself. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, the idea came uh, when I was on the road with Tesla to uh, learn some songs and record them. And I had this portable recorder. And I was taking it over to people's houses. I took it over to Gunner and Matthew Nelson's place, and we recorded their dad's song, Garden Party. And I was having such good luck just on a roll, you know, being real creative. And uh, um, Rob from um, Pledge Music, he's, he's, a, he's a, a, a manager guy. He heard it and said, wow, that's really great. I had this idea, let's call it from one place to another. Because I was originally just going to call it like Undercover or The Covers Project or something like that. And he had suggested to me that I only keep it like like an EP, you know, just four songs at a time. And me, I'm so old-fashioned that I wanted to do full-length albums. And I had already, at that point, I had like 18 songs recorded pretty much together and uh so the first one came out really good and really i'm really happy with volume one uh with blue sky and those songs on it as a full length 10 song album um and i was hard-headed i wasn't going to follow his direction and only do the the uh eps i wanted to do full lps and uh Volume two, I'm really satisfied too, but I went in and I, I, I did some more work uh, recording it live in the studio and I got Lord of the Fives and Hush. And, and then I've got the remnants left over right now. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to put out volume three until maybe after next year because I want it to be as good as these two, if not better. And I've got some leftover tracks, but I, I want to take my time on it because... Uh, I've realized that, you know, you just cram too much in a short amount of time and you don't get the best result. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure selecting the songs was, was quite a process, whittling that down too. Yeah, I, I selecting songs for Volume 1 was, was a lot easier because I had uh, an idea that I really wanted to keep it more Southern rock, Americana style, you know, with Paul Jackson from Blackberry Smoke being my first guest on there, and then uh, I did a Blackberry Smoke song. So I, I kept the songs more of that genre. Uh, and then, like I said, I went into the studio because I wanted to go heavier, a little edgier on volume two, and I, I tracked a bunch of stuff live in the studio with my band, and, uh, and I got Lord of the Five and, and Hush, and, uh, you know, more of the energetic kind of 
harder rock. It was a little bit tougher to select songs from the original pool to put on that one. Like, you know, I Can Help is a Billy Swan song, and then Kiss from a Rose is a way different vibe. So volume two is, is definitely more eclectic of like, song choices. Like when you came up with an idea for a song, did you guys run through it before you decided you wanted to record it just to see how it came out? Uh, yeah, we had a couple of songs that I thought would be really easy to do, uh, like Funk 49 by the James Gang, because I've been playing that song in my club band for years. And uh, we went in to record it, and it just didn't come out as, as good as like Lord of the Thighs or, or Hush. But, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, an idea for a song will sound better as an idea than when you try to do it. And that was the same with Tesla. Tesla did a covers album called Real to Real two years ago. And, uh, you know, there were songs on there that we thought we would do, and we tried to do them, they didn't come out very good. And then we threw a couple of curveballs in there, and they ended up being the best songs on the recording. Like Led Zeppelin's Thank You. That was just a last-minute idea. So, uh, you know, performing music and recording, it's, it's, it's really weird that way. But I'll be honest with you, man. I'm really looking forward to making more original music. Um, I have a couple solo albums that are all originals, like Gypsy Highway and Six String Soldiers and World Peace is another one of my solo albums. And a lot of people don't realize that I do solo albums. So uh, I'm getting back into that, and I'm doing uh, a reissue of an album I did almost 15 years ago. It's called Guitars from Mars, and oh, wow. it's a, I'm doing that on vinyl. I'm going to put that wow. out uh, for Christmas. I'm, I'm, and I'm actually scaling that one down to more of an EP, and I'm picking the best of the tracks from that record and going to put that on red vinyl. It's going to be pretty cool for Christmas this year that's cool yeah we one thing i kind of you mentioned six string soldiers we've had mike and jeffrey on here a couple times and is there any chance you might work with those guys again and do something along that line absolutely i love those guys man um they actually are on volume two from one place to another and uh they they perform on i can see clearly now uh, that's Jeff singing that middle part of the song where it has a really long, great vocals. No, there's no way that I could have sang that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you mentioned all your different solo albums and all of them kind of have their own feel or, you know, they all have a bit different sound to them. Is that like a conscious effort that you go to in each album or is that just naturally how it came out? Well, it's, it's both, you know, um, it's, definitely a conscious effort um, for me to experiment with uh, different uh, things. But then they come out at the end result, they come out naturally how they end up at the end of time that I put into them. Um, I, I have some friends that, that, that will work on records forever and never finish them. I have a guy, a friend of mine who, who's been working on this project that he's been recording for darn near freaking 20 years and he's never finishing it. <laughs> Me, I, I like to set a goal and, and try to get one done, you know, and try to and get a batch of material done for the phase that I'm going through at the time. For example, Gypsy Highway, I worked on it for a year, but I was really in a phase of wanting to do acoustic 
folk kind of songs that told stories. And uh, Six String Soldiers is an album that I, I worked on with Mike Ariza and Jeff Sandoval, and we worked on that for a long time together. And it came out sounding real rock and, and focused on the direction that they had brought into the table. So uh, an al- I read somewhere an album is a, is a photograph of the time frame that you're in in your life. And that's pretty much kind of the approach I take. Well, uh, you know, when you're writing and, and getting songs together, how, how do you know that you want to use it for a solo project or use it for Tesla? Well, that's a good question. You know, um, in the beginning, uh, before I was even making Tesla, uh, solo albums, I would write and record riffs and some of the riffs I would have ideas for vocals and I would have ideas for melodies. And some of them were just like metal guitar riffs. I would present all of those ideas to, to the guys in Tesla when we would get together. And nine times out of 10, if I had a song idea that had a vocal idea, then Jeff, our singer, wouldn't, wouldn't touch it. And that became kind of frustrating to me, which is, when I decided to go ahead and start making my own solo albums. Um, the one exception to that would be Love Song. You know, I had some vocals ideas for that, and he changed it. And he would change the vocals that I had sometimes on some things and obviously really make it his own and make it better for Tesla. Um, but as a songwriter, I, I, I can tend to write completed ideas. And the more completed they are, the less likely they would end up on a Tesla record because everybody likes to put in their their input on a Tesla record. And so usually the songs that end up on the later Tesla records as time has gone on are the ones that are just mostly guitar riffs that are the least completed, to be honest, because the band likes to, to, to uh, interject and change things a lot. You know? Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Tesla, I know that Phil Collins working with you guys on the new. Well, I know he did say that goodness, and he's working with you on a new album. Like, what has he brought that maybe wasn't there previously? Well, here's the thing, man. Over the years, a band when they're you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, you know you're loaded with filled with enthusiasm and ideas. And uh, as after 30 years, which is what Tesla's been working together, you know, some of the guys and some of the, the spirit can be, you know, kind of wore out. So you get a guy on the outside, like a producer, who's really enthusiastic and really, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Tesla probably wouldn't have made another record. But Phil Collin was so enthusiastic and so much of like a, a great outside coach to come in and really kick us in the ass that uh, he brought uh, that kind of energy into the, into the project and got us all motivated. And, uh, you know, the record is really fantastic. Uh, so to answer your question, I would say he just brought a lot of motivation and a lot of enthusiasm into the, into the band. Yeah, I remember, I think I saw earlier this year, you guys mentioned that that should be out like late summer. Is that still, is it pushed back now? 
Yeah, it's it's we're gonna put it out in uh, in January because uh, they're going to be mastering the album and uh, Phil Collins' uh, sound man in Def Leppard, his name is Ronan. Uh, he's doing the mixing on the record and um, we're going to get the, the mastering done and we don't want to rush it. Um, and we don't want to put it out and just throw it out and be done with it. We want to put it out in a, in a time frame that will give people a chance to really live with it for a while and have it in their possession and not be bombarded with a million other things. And if we don't get it out until Christmas time, then it would just kind of get lost in the shuffle. So we've decided to put it out right at the first of the year, like a happy new year. Here we are with the new album. Well, uh, I, I know you guys have done simplicity in its entirety. Uh, have you ever thought of doing any of the other albums uh, from front to back live? Well, we did mechanical resonance live oh, okay. the whole album. Uh, we we made that uh, as a as a live a vinyl LP. It came out last year. You had mentioned Phil Collin on Save That Goodness. Uh, Phil Collin also motivated us to do that project. And um, like I said, a band is like a baseball team or a football team. You got to have a coach, and that's what Phil Collin did. He coached us on a few things, and he uh, he helped us put together Mechanical Resonance live, the whole album. Now, doing that as a show would be impossible. What we had to do is we had to take every show and we took, we rehearsed the songs and put them in the set one at a time. And over the course of six months, we ended up getting all 12 songs recorded from the first album. Um, to answer your question, man, back then, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. We were young and crazy and we were singing and screaming at the top of our lungs and if we tried to do any of those old albums in one show, that's all we would do is one show and then the tour would be over. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> because well, there's no way to tell we could sing uh, all them songs back to back. You know, I mean, and I'm speaking on behalf of Jeff, our singer. Yeah. You know, he, he really, he sang his ass off, you know, and he screamed a lot of high vocals and, uh, Nowadays, man, you know, we need to make it last a little bit longer. You ever hear that joke about the uh, the young bull and the old bull on top of a hill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're looking down at all the cows, and the young one says, hey, let's run down there and fuck all them cows. And the old bull says, how about we walk down there? <laughs> oh, no, 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 the joke is, let's run down there and fuck one of them cows. And he goes, no, how about we walk down there and, and get all of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at now, bro. We we take it easy now. Yeah. But we still put on a high-energy rock show, don't get me wrong, but we pace ourselves a little better. Right. Well, the last few years, you've done these tours, these summer tours with Sticks and Def Leppard a couple of times. And so I know that those crowds are always great, but do you, as a performer, do you go off stage after doing a short set like that, like wishing or wanting more, like when you do a headline set? Well, sometimes, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, the main reason uh, I would feel that way is because when you're on the road, man, you're out there to, to to play your music, and there's a lot of downtime, you know. I mean, and when you're only doing a 40-minute set, then you've got 23 hours and 15 minutes that you're standing around doing what you don't want to do, which is sit on a bus or 
sitting in a hotel room. So, yeah, I mean, I, I always want to play more music in a longer show and, and play, you know, the flip side to these tours that we've been doing, though, is we've been in front of a lot more people and we've been hanging with some great, great musicians. I mean, Tommy Shaw and J.Y. from Sticks, you know, it's and Joan Jett. And, you know, it's it's been great meeting these people and, and having successful tours with them. You guys did the, or no, you did the Moody Blues Cruise yourself, right? Solo? Yes, I did. Uh, I was... Uh, I've done a couple of solo cruises, um, and the Moody Blues is, is one of them, yeah. Like how, and it, obviously the vibe on that's way different than the Monsters of Rock cruise. Like, is it is it a cooler vibe because it's more laid back? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more laid back, and uh, there's a lot of um, old school rock and roll artists on there that I've made friends with that... Uh, you know, like Randy Hansen, he's a Jimi Hendrix tribute artist. I, I hung out with him on, on the Moody Blues cruise and Mark Farner from Grand Funk. And just that older generation of musicians is, is something that I really, I love that music. So, uh, you know, and also this January, you're going to go out on the Southern Rock cruise. My wife and I are going to go out there and, and support her dad, who, who is Dickie Betts from the Almond Brothers. He'll be on that cruise and... Those cruises are great, man, but the Monsters of Rock cruise is coming up, and uh, for anybody listening, if you haven't been on that, if you're a rock fan, man, it's the ultimate it's the ultimate festival on on, uh, on the seas. On the high seas. <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, we had uh, Jared James Nichols on the podcast a while back, and I know you played with him live and had him on uh, Sweet Leaf. Uh, what, what do you see from him as a player and a performer? Well, he's He's a great guy, first and foremost. You know, I, I've known a lot of hotshot guitar players, up and coming. Some of them have made it, some of them haven't. But uh, a guy with a great personality and a hardworking work ethic uh, is the one that will have a long career. Uh, Jared is definitely one of those kind of guys. And uh, his playing reflects that. He's really genuine and uh, got a lot of soul, a lot of guts in his playing. And, you know, he plays with a lot of feeling and he's just, he's rock and roll, man. And he's keeping the spirit of rock and roll guitar going. And, uh, he's a hardworking guy. When I first met him, he was playing at Sturgis out in the parking lot for like 10 drunk bikers in the afternoon, man. And he was wow. just rocking out. And, you know, he's coming up to jam with me this weekend. Uh, I'm playing a gig Saturday night at the Powerhouse Pub in Folsom. And I called Jared and said, hey, you want to come up? And he said, hell yeah. He's flying in, and he's going to sit in with me. And uh, him and his band drove all the way out to Ardmore, Oklahoma, and jammed weekend together out there. And he's just a hard worker, man. Hard-working, all-American guy. I like that. Yeah, that's what it takes. We need more young guys like that. Yeah. Yep, no complaining. Just fucking let's rock. Yep. Can I say, yeah, fucking on this show? Is this, a, this is a podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not like radio. No, no rules here. Um, <laughs> I know years ago there was like, I don't know if it was ever like a real fact or if it was just a rumor, but I'd seen stuff that there was supposed to be a Tesla box set. Is that something that just got scrapped or was that an act, just a rumor? Uh, it, it's not a rumor. We, we did try to assemble a box set, uh, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. 
Um, we have all the pieces for it. Um, you know, some demos and some old photographs and things. Um, but, you know, since things have changed in the industry as far as, you know, products and, and people, record stores and places to go to buy a box set. I mean, it's, it's that whole thing has changed, you know. Um, we never really ended up finishing that project. Um, maybe if we did a survey and there was a big demand for, for a piece like that. Uh, now that we're going to be working with Universal Music, there's a possibility that maybe that project might get resurrected. That'd be great. That'd be really cool. Well, uh, you know, next question here, you know, my, I might be kind of a guitar geek, but I've seen pictures online of uh, you performing with like a black moon shaped guitar, uh, which looks really cool. I was just kind of wondering w what that is, where it came from. That is a guitar that um, is made in, or was, I should say, was made in Tokyo wow. by a company called Kawaii. It's K A W A I. And uh, a friend of mine, a guitar hero friend of mine, uh, played one that was yellow, and it was it sounded really fantastic. This is like in the late 70s, early 80s. And I used to go watch his band play, and I always drooled over his Kawhi Moon guitar. <laughs> and he let me borrow it for a short period of time. So I, he told me that his dad got it for him in Tokyo. And they never imported those to America because back then there was some regulation on the the abalone that they put on the binding and the fretboard seashell uh, binding. And so when I was in Tokyo with Tesla in the late 80s, you know, 88, 89, I searched for the, uh, the Kauai company and I talked to local translators, you know, Moon guitar, moon guitar. Can you help me find moon guitar? And they were like, oh, yeah, suki. The word for moon is suki. Suki guitar, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they took me all the way to the other side of Tokyo to these little roads to this little old man's shop. And he had one. They're really super rare. Wow. And uh, I ended up getting my suki guitar and... Uh, it's a black one with a Floyd Rose on it, and, and uh, they're really unique, and they, they sound really cool, and they're different. Um, every once in a while, there's been one that'll pop up on eBay that you'll see. Um, I've managed to collect a blue one. Uh, a friend of mine has a yellow one, and I've got the black one. And uh, they're, they're, they came in all kinds of different colors and different styles. Um, for a brief period of time, but they're very hard to find. Yeah, and that's cool. awesome. Kawhi. Cool. Well, between, you know, the, the covers albums and performing live, you've performed with a lot of different, you know, artists. Is there anybody out there that you want to work with on this volume three or just play with live in the future that you haven't yet? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, there's dreams of of uh, the people, and then there's reality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would love to to sit down and play and sing songs with Paul McCartney. I mean, that would be a dream, or you know, Steven Tyler, or 
Joe Perry or somebody. Uh, I have been very lucky to play with a lot of my heroes. You know, Rick Derringer, Pat Travers. Uh, you know, the Nelson Twins are super cool. And I know I'm going to work with Ron Keel again on some stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd love to collaborate. You know, Jared, James Nichols, and I are going to collaborate on a song. Um, after the show this weekend, he's going to come over to the studio and we're going to jam. Um, my old heroes, you know, I don't think that it's realistic, but there's definitely young guys like Jared that I would love to jam with, you know, Tyler Bryant. Um, I'd love to jam with Joe Bonamassa someday. That would be freaking cool. <clears throat> I love to jam with anybody. Honestly, I would really, to be, now that I'm thinking about it, really love to jam with with Phil Lash and uh, some guys in that jam band scene, you know, like I've played with Mo before. There's a band called Mo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Warren Warren Haynes, I'd love to jam with him. Uh, and really get to improvise and and play outside of the box, you know. Hell yeah. Well earlier you mentioned working on another original solo album. Is that is there a timetable on that or is that something you're just going to do like after everything's completed with Tesla and your volume three? Yeah. Yeah. The timeline right now for me creatively is I'm in, I've been going into my studio. I found the hard drive from 2004 and I've been listening to Tars from Mars uh, songs and revisiting them and, tweaking on them and remixing them to get submitted to disc makers to create a, a vinyl, 12-inch vinyl version. And I'm hoping that that can be out at the end of November in time for me to ship it for Christmas. Presents. Will I realistically be able to pull that off? I don't know. But that's what my timeline looks like right now. And then... Uh, Tesla will be releasing the album Shock. That'll be coming out in January. And I've got about 87 memo ideas recorded on my phone of riffs. And uh, for me to get together with some guys and, and try to put those riffs together, that would be late next year for a real solo album. But uh, Volume three, I, that wouldn't come. Out, it's not going to come out until next spring as well. Okay, because I don't want to rush any of those things. Definitely. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, keep me posted when the podcast is going to come out, man. And I appreciate you guys uh, even more for taking the time to do this and uh, journalism and keeping rock and roll alive and and you know keeping the music going is. It's uh, very much appreciated, man. Appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. There you go, Frank Hannon of Tesla. Thank you very much to Brittany O'Connell and Jeff Kilgore of The Syndicate. And, of course, thank you to Frank for taking the time out of his evening to talk to us. Huge thanks. Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, both big fans of Frank for the better part of most of our lives. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Very glad to have him on this podcast. If you're a first-time listener... And you came here because you're a fan of Frank Cannon. We appreciate it. And we've got 182 episodes you can dig back through. And they include a lot of people that might fall in that same vein, like 
you know, we recently had on Biff from Sac from Saxon. We had on Ricky and Damon from Black Star Writers. We've had on Mark Kendall from Great White a couple of times. Uh, Jared James Nichols, who was on the record, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, you know, we talked about him there. He's yeah. actually played with him this past weekend. They do a lot of stuff together. We had him on. He's great, and he's got a fantastic album you need to check out. That's right. We've had on guys from Firehouse, Lillian Axe, Bullet Boys, Trickster. We've got heavier stuff like guys from Seven Dust and Death Angel. We've had on Gene Simmons from Kiss. Bruce Kulik from Kiss. Kiss. Yeah. Dave Elvison of Megadeth. Chris Broderick, formerly of Megadeth. We've had on guys from Saving Abel and Shinedown, King. Shooter Jennings has been on here. He's got a new album that just came out that's fucking effing, rad. Yeah, effing fantastic. That's right. Dave Grohl. No, wait, we didn't have him on. Fuck. Oh, yeah. That's coming soon. Hopefully. That's right. <laughs> But tons of people you can go back and check out. 182 episodes, like I said. There's a lot where we just talk. Review albums and ramble and shit. That's right. We've got Dakota Harrington, a guy based out of Tulsa, who does a lot of experimental music. He's coming up this next week. Okay. And then we've got a couple of guys from the band Wither out of Tulsa. That's coming soon. Wither actually recently announced they're breaking up, but they're going to carry on under another name, so we're going to talk about all that. Okay. You can find all this stuff soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground. You can also listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are heard. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Music. If you've got an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Thunder Underground on TuneIn. She'll do it. That's right. We can be found on our website, thethunderunderground.com. All our social medias are there. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What's, uh, Where? what's, our, what's our MySpace? Thunder dot underground dot three two seven bad boy. Okay. <laughs> and our AOL handle? At Big Sexy forty seven. Our AIM. Fuckboy twenty two. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah. Any of these things that you've listened to us on, just like or subscribe, whatever we're else on YouTube. Find us on Patreon. Shoot us a couple bucks. Or Please. more. Yeah, you know, that why was, not? That helps out. Definitely. Helps us with all the cost related to this thing. And then they also include items you can get at different levels that you become a patron of. And you can also just get that stuff on your own through our website. Or if you see us. At a show, if you're in our area, if not, we can send it to you, no problem. We've got t-shirts, koozies, stickers, bracelets, all that great stuff. We should have more items coming soon. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yep. And once again, follow Jeff Sandoval and Mike Arise on Facebook. Check out their music. Pick up Frank's newest album, or newest two albums, From One Place to Another, Volume 1 and 2. Go back and check out all the previous stuff. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.